Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of Bookworm Gen, where we are going to be reading along different books. The first book we are starting is actually part of a series called The Lunar Chronicle. So we are starting book one, Cinder, by Marissa Myers. Um, it's an interesting twist on common fairy tales. So with that being said, let's just grab your cup of tea, coffee, water, whatever, and get cozy and let's start. Cinder by Marissa Myers, book one. While sisters were giving beautiful dresses and fine slippers, Cinderella had only a filthy smock and wooden shoes. Chapter one. <clears throat> Excuse me. The screw through Cinder's ankle had rusted, the engraved cross marks worn to a mangled circle. Her knuckles ached from forcing a screwdriver into the joints as she struggled to loosen the screw, one gritting twist after another. By the time it was distracted far enough for her to wrench free with her prosthetic still hand, the hairline threads had been stripped clean. Tossing a screwdriver onto the table, Cinder gripped her heel and yanked the foot from its socket. A spark singed her fingertips and she jerked away, leaving the foot to dangle from the tangled of red and yellow wires. She slumped back with a relieved groan. A sense of release hovered at the end of those wires. Freedom. Having loathed the too small foot for four years, she swore to never put the piece of junk back on again. She just hoped Ikkyo would be back soon with its replacement. Cinder was the only full service mechanic at New Belden's weekly market. Without a sign, her booth hinted at her trade only by the shelves of stock Android parts that crowded the walls. It was squeezed into a shady cove between a used net screen dealer and a silk merchant, both of whom frequently complained about the tingy smell of metal and grease that came from Cinder's booth. Even though it was usually disguised by the aroma of honey buns from the bakery across the square. Cinder knew they really just didn't like being next to her. A stained tablecloth divided Cinder from browsers as they shuffled past. The square was filled with shoppers and hawkers, children and noise. The bellows of men as they bargained with robotic shopkeepers, trying to talk the computers down from their desired profit margins. The hum of ID scanners and monotone voices, voice receipts as money changed counts. The net screens that covered every building and filled the air with a chatter of advertisement, news reports, and gossips. Cinder's authority interface, auditory, sorry, Cinder's auditory interface dulled the noise into a static thurming, thurming. But today, one melody lingered above the rest that she couldn't drown out. 
A ring of children was standing just outside her booth, thrilling. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. And then laughing hysterically as they collapsed onto the pavement. A smile tugged at Cinder's lips. Not so much at the nursery rhyme, a phantom song about pestilence and death that had regained popularity in the past decade. The song itself made her squimish. But she did love the glares from passerbyers as the giggling children fell over in their paths. The inconvenience of having to swarm around the weathering bodies stirred grumbles from the shoppers and cinder adore the children for it. Sunto, Sunto! Cinder's amusement wilted. She spotted Chang Sacha, the baker, pushing through the crowd in her flower-coated apron. Sunto, come here. I told you not to place so close to. Sacha met Cinder's gaze, nodded her lips, then grabbed her son by the arm and spun away. The boy whined, dragging his feet as Sacha ordered him to stay closer to their booth. Cinder wrinkled her nose at the baker's retreating back. The remaining children fled into the crowd, taking their bright laughter with them. It's not like wires are contagious, Cinder muttered to her empty booth. With a spine-popping stretch, she pulled her dirty fingers through her hair, combing it up mess into a messy tail, then grabbing her blackened work gloves. She covered her still hand first, and though her right palm began to sweat immediately, immediately inside a thick material, she felt more comfortable with the gloves on, hiding the planting, plating of her left hand. She stretched her fingers wide, working out the cramps that had formed on the freshly base of her thumb from clenching a screwdriver. She squinted again into the city square. She spotted plenty of stocky white androids in the den, but none of them was Ikkyo. Sighing, Cinder bent over the toolbox beneath the work table. After digging through the jumble mess of screwdrivers and wrenches, she emerged with a, <clears throat> with a fuse puller that had been long buried at the bottom. One by one, she disconnected the wires that still linked her foot and ankle, each spreading a tiny spark. She didn't feel them through the gloves, but her retina display helpfully informed her with blinking red text that she was losing connection to the limb. With a yank of the last wire, her foot clattered to the concrete. The difference was instant. For once in her life, she felt Weightless. She made room for the discarded foot on the table, setting it up like a shrine amid the wrenches and lug nuts before hunkering over her ankle again, cleaning the grime from the socket with an old rag. Thud. Cinder jerked, her head smacking the underside of the table. She shoved back from the desk, her scowl landing first on the lifeless android that sat squat on her work table and then on the man behind it. She was met with a startled copper brown eyes and black hair that hung past his ears and lips that every girl in the country had admired a thousand times. 
her scowl vanished. His own surprise was short-lived, melting to an apology. I'm sorry, he said. I didn't realize anyone was back there. Cinda barely heard him above the blankness in her mind. With her heartbeat gathering speed, her retina display scanned his features. So familiar from past, from years spent watching him on the next screens. He seemed taller in real life, and a gray-hooded hooded sweatshirt was like none of the fine clothes he usually made an appearance in. But still, it took only 2.6 seconds for Cinder's scanners to measure the points of his face and link his image to the net database. Another second, and the display informed her of what she already knew. Details scribbled across the bottom of her vision and a stream of green text. Prince Cato, Crown Prince of the Eastern Commonwealth, ID 00827191057, born 7 April 108TE, FF 88987 media hits, reverse chrome, reverse chrome, posted 14 August 126TE. A press meeting is to be hosted by Crown Prince Kaya, Kaya on 15th August to discuss the ongoing luminous research and possible leads for an antidote. Cinder launched up from her chair, nearly toppling over when she forgot about her missing limb. Seeing herself with both hands on the table, she managed an awkward bow. The retina display sank out of sight. Your Highness, she stammered. Head Lord, glad that he couldn't see her empty ankle behind the tablecloth. The prince flinched and cast a glance over his shoulder before hunching toward her. Uh, maybe, um, he pulled his fingers across her lips on the highness stuff. Wide-eyed, Cinder forced a shaky nod. Right, of course. How can I, are you, she swallowed the word sticking like, Bean paste to her tongue. I'm looking for Lena Cinder, said the prince. Zero. Cinder dared to lift one stabilizing hand from the table, using it to tuck the hem of her cloak tighter on her wrist. Staring at the prince, chest, she stammered, "I'm, uh, I, I'm Lena Cinder." Her eyes followed his hands as he planted on top of the android's bulbous head. You're Linda Zinder? Yes, you're her. She bit down her lip. The mechanic? She nodded. She nodded. How can I help you? Instead of answering, the prince bent down, craning his neck so that she had no choice but to meet his eyes, and dashed a grin at her, her heart wincing. The prince straightened, forcing his... Her gaze, her gaze to follow him. Not quite what I expected. Well, you're hardly what I, um, unable to hold his gaze. Cinder reached for the android and pulled it to her side of the table. What seems to be wrong with the android, your highness? The android looked like it had just stepped off the conveyor belt but Cinder could tell from the mock feminine shape that it was an outdated model. The design was slick though, with a spherical, a 
spherical head atop a pear-shaped body and a glossy white finish. I can't get her to turn on, said Prince Guy, watching as Cinder examined the robot. She was working fine one day, and the next, nothing. Cinder turned the android around so it censored-like faced the prince. She was glad to have routine tasks get her, for her hands and written questions for her mouth. Something to focus on so she wouldn't get flustered and lose control of her brain's net connection again. Have you had problems with her before? No. She gets monthly checkouts from the Warrior Mechanic. And this is the first real problem she ever had. Leaning forward, Prince Guy picked up Cinder's small metal, metal, small metal foot from the work table. Turning it curiously over his palm, Cinder tensed. Watching as he peered into the wire-filled cavity fiddled with the flexible joints of the toes, he used the too long sleeve of his sweatshirt to polish up a smug. Aren't you hot? Cinder said, instantly regretting the question when his attention returned to her. For the briefest moment, the prince almost looked embarrassed. Dying, he said, but I'm trying to be inconspicuous. Cinder considered telling him it wasn't working, but thought better of it. The lack of a throng of screaming girls surrounding her booth was probably evidence that it was working better than she suspected. Instead of looking like a warrior heartthrob, he just looked crazy. Clearing her throat, Cinder refocused on the android. She found the nearly invisible latch and opened its back panel. Why had the warrior mechanics fixing her? They tried, but they couldn't figure it out. Someone suggested I bring her to you. He said to set the foot down and turn his attention to the sleeves of the old and battered parts. Parts for androids, hovers, neck screens, and port screens. Parts for cyborgs. They say you're the best mechanic in New Belgium. Belgium. I was expecting an old man. Do they? She murmured. Murmured. He wasn't the first. He wasn't the first to voice surprise. Most of her customers couldn't fathom how a teenage girl could be the best mechanic in the city, and she never broadcast the reason for her talent. The few people people who knew she was a cyborg, the better. She was sure she'll go mad if all the market she, shopkeepers looked at her with the same disdain as changed shock Saicha did. Saicha. She nudged some of the androids' wires aside with her pinky. Sometimes they just get worn out. Maybe it's time to upgrade to a new model. I'm afraid I can't do that. She contains top secret information. It's a matter, matter of national security that I retrieve it before anyone else does. Finger stalling, Cinder glanced up at him. He held her gaze a full three seconds before his lips twitch. I'm joking. Nancy was my first android. Sentimental. An orange light flickered in the corner of Cinder's vision. Her optobotics had picked up on something, though she didn't know what. And as her swallow, too quick blink, a clenching of the prince's jaw.
She was used to the little orange light. It came up all the time. It meant that some, someone was lying. National security, she said. Funny. The prince listen, listed his head. The prince listed his head as if challenging her to contradict him. A shine of black hair fell into his eyes. Into his eyes. Cinder looked away. Tudor 8.6 model, she said, reading a faintly lit panel inside the plastic cranium. The android was nearly 20 years old. Ancient for an android. She looked to be in pristine condition. Raising her fist, she thunked the android hard on the side of its head, <laughs> barely catching it before it toppled over onto the table. The prince jumped. Cinder set the android back on its threads and jabbed the power button, but nothing happened. You'll be surprised how often that works. The prince let out a single awkward chuckle. Are you sure you're Lynn Cinder, the mechanic? Cinder, I got it! Eco wheeled out of the crowd and up the work table. Her blue sensor flashing. Lifted one pronged hand, she slammed a brand new steel plate foot onto the desk in the shadow of the prince's android. It's a huge improvement over the old one, only lately used. The wiring looks compatible as it is. Plus, I was able to get the dealer down to just 600 units. Panic jolt through Cinder. Still balancing on her human leg, she snatched the foot off the table and dropped it behind her. Good work, Kiko. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. The Jean Shifa would be delighted to have a replacement foot for his escort droid. He goes censored him. Najin Shifa? I don't compute. Smiling through locked teeth, Cinder jested at the prince. Eco, please pay your respects to our customer. She lowered her, her, her she lowered her voice. His Imperial Highness. Eco craned her head, aiming the round sensor up at the prince, who towered more than three feet above her. The light flared as her scanner recognized him. Prince Guy, she said, her metallic voice squeaking. You're even more handsome in person. Cinder's stomach twisted in embarrassment, even as the prince laughed. That's enough, Eco. Get in the booth. Eco obeyed, pushing aside the tablecloth and ducking underneath the table. You don't see a personality like that every day, said the prince Kai. Said Prince Kai, leaning against the booth door, booth's door frame as if he brought androids to the market all the time. Did you program her yourself? Sorry about that, the heat turned on. Believe it or not, she came that way. I suspect a programming error, which is probably why my stepmother got hurt so cheap. I don't have a programming error, said Eco from behind her. Cinder met, Cinder met the prince's gaze was caught was caught momentarily dazed by another easy laugh and ducked her head back behind his android. So what do you think? He asked. 
I'll need to run her diagnostics. It would take me a few days, maybe a week. Tucking a strand of hair behind one ear, Cinder sat down, grateful to have her leg arrest while she examined the android's innards. She knew she must be breaking some rule of etiquette, but the prince didn't seem to mind as he tipped forward, watching her hands. You need a payment up front? He held her, his left wrist toward her, embedded with his ID chip. But Cinder waved the glove hand at him. No thanks. No thank you. It would be my honor. Prince Kai looked about to protest, but he let his hand fall. I don't suppose there's any hope of having her done before the festival. Cinder shut the android panel. I don't think that would be a problem, but without knowing what's wrong with her. I know, I know. He rocked back on his heels. Just wishful thinking. How would I how would I contact you when she's ready? Soon I come to the palace. Or will you be here again next weekend? I can stop by then. Oh yes, said Ika from the back of the booth. We're here every marquee day. You should come again. Come by again. That would be lovely. Cinder flinch. You don't need to. It'll be my pleasure. He dipped his head in a plight for well. Simultaneously pulling the edges of the hood father over his face. Cinder returned the nod, knowing she would have stood and bowed, but not daring to test her balance a second time. She waited until a shadow had disappeared from the tabletop before surveying the square. The prince's presence among the herald crowds seemed to have gone unnoticed. Cinder let her muscles relax. Eco rode on her side, clasping her metal grippers over her chest. Prince Kai, my fan, I think I'm overheating. Cinder bent over and picked up her replacement foot, dusting it off on her cargo pants. She checked the plating, glad that she hadn't dented it. Can you imagine Piano's expression when she hears about this? Said Eco. I can imagine a lot of high-pitched squilling, Cinder. Squilling. Cinder allowed one more wary scan of the crowd before the first tickle of getting this stirred inside her. She couldn't wait to tell Pony Pioni. The prince himself. And Albert laugh escaped her. It was uncanny. It was unbelievable. It was... Oh, dear. Cinder's smile fell. What? Iko pointed her forehead with a prog finger. You have a grease spot. Cinder jerked back and scrubbed her brow. You're kidding. I'm sure you hardly noticed. Cinder dropped her hand. What does it matter? Come on, help me put this on before any other royalty stops by. She propped her ankle on the opposite knee and began connecting the color-coded wires wondering if the prince had been fooled. Fits like love, doesn't it? Eko said, holding a handful of screws while Cinder twisted them into pre-drilled holes. It's very nice, Eko. Thank you. I just hope Dre doesn't notice. She'll murder me if she knew I spent 600 Uvis on a foot.
She tightened the last screw and stretched out her leg, rolling her ankle forward and back and wiggling her toes. She was a little stiff, and her nerve sensors would need a few days to harmonize with the update, updated wiring, but at least she wouldn't have to limp around off Keter anymore. It's perfect, she said, pulling on her boot. She's bought her old foot held in Eco's pincers. Neither that piece of junk will. A scream filled Cinder's ears. She flinched, the sound peeking into her audio interface and turned towards it. The market silenced. The children who switched to a game of hide and seek among the cluster booths crept out from their hiding spots. The scream had come from the baker, Ching Sacha. Baffled, Cinder stood and climbed on top of her chair to peer over the crowd. She spotted Sacha in her booth behind the glass case of sweetbreads and pork buns, gawking at her outstretched hands. Cinder clamped a hand over her nose at the same moment realization skittered through the rest of the square. The plague! Someone yelled, she has the plague! The street filled with panic. Mothers scooped up their children, masking their face with desperate hands as they scrambled to get away from Sacha's booth. Shopkeepers slammed shut their rolling doors. Sancho screamed and rushed toward his mother, but she held his hand out here. No, no, stay back. A neighboring shopkeeper grabbed the boy, tucking the child under his arm as he ran. Sacha yelled something after him, but the words were lost in the uproar. Cinder's stomach churned. They couldn't run or Iko would be trampled in the chaos. Hold her breath, she reached for the quarter at the booth's corner and yanked the metal door down, down its rails. Darkness cloaked them, but for a single shard of daylight among the ground. Darkness cloaked them, but for a single shard of daylight along the ground. The heat rose up from the concrete floor, stifling the cramped space. Cinder? said Eco worried in her robotic voice. She brightened her sensor, washing the booth in blue light. Don't worry, Cinder said, hope hopping down from the chair and grabbing the grease-covered rack from the table. The screens were already fading, transforming the booth into its own empty universe. She's all the way across the square. We're fine here. But she slipped back toward the wall of the shelves anyway crunching down and covered her nose and mouth with a rag. There they waited, Cinder breathing as shallow as possible until they heard the sirens of the emergency hover come and take Sasha away. That was a good start. It's a lot, and I'm really curious about this plague and how the rest of this is going to play out. But this was chapter one. Um, if you want to continue following, please hit the subscribe button. And give this video a thumbs up. I will continue reading through more of this. And each chapter will have its own little video. Thanks for coming by. Bye.